I want to invite you to please get out your Bibles and make your way to what is hopefully some familiar territory for you. If you are a member of this congregation, please make your way to Acts, the 17th chapter with me this morning. I want to ask you to go in your Bible to Acts chapter 17. It is so good to see all of you this morning. It is especially good to be together to worship God. It's great we have guests here with us. Great we have folks here from Florida. Looking forward to hearing Brother Weaver preach the word of God to us in the next worship hour. But for this hour, we're going to be in Acts the 17th chapter, and we're going to start with verse number 10 in Acts chapter 17. And in verse number 10, the Bible says, The brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now these were more noble-minded than those at Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, along with a number of prominent Greek women and men. One of the great perks, one of the great perks attached with being a preacher is each and every year I'm blessed to meet amazing groups of God's people throughout the country. I mean, obviously, in addition to this amazing group of God's people that I'm blessed to be with today and, and most Lord's Day, this year I've been blessed to worship and preach to amazing groups of God's people in Texas and South Carolina and Tennessee and New York and Hawaii and Indiana and Florida. I mean, for those of you who are blessed to do some traveling each year like we are, you know firsthand that there are so many wonderful and, and amazing groups of God's people throughout this country and throughout the world. In fact, the Apostle Paul in his time was also able to discover the very same thing times 10 as he preached the gospel throughout the first century Roman Empire. This is something that I hope you've noticed as we have done our immersion Bible reading this year. I mean, in addition to noticing the explosion of the gospel message, as we've read the book of Acts this year, I hope you've also been able to appreciate all of the amazing and wonderful and godly people that the Apostle Paul has been blessed to meet as he travels from place to place. For example, in Acts chapter 16 and verse number 1, in Acts 16 and verse 1, if you remember there, we found the Apostle Paul being introduced to a young disciple named Timothy for the very first time. Remember, Timothy and the Apostle Paul will go on to have a very close relationship in the cause of Christ. And then in Acts 16 and verse number 14 there, we read about the Apostle Paul meeting Lydia for the very first time. Lydia was a godly woman who lived in the city of Philippi, and then beginning in verse number 22 of that same chapter, we find the Apostle Paul meeting a jailer that he would later baptize after he had survived an earthquake. And then in the chapter we're reading this week, Acts chapter 18, remember there we find the Apostle Paul meeting a godly Christian couple by the name of Aquila and Priscilla. If you remember, both Aquila and Priscilla would work with the Apostle Paul in the tent making business. And they would also help him preach the gospel in Corinth for about 18 months. They were an amazing and wonderful godly couple, but probably the most commended people that the Apostle Paul is blessed to meet in his travels 
are these people that we read about here in Acts chapter 17. It is these people that he met in the city of Berea. The city of Berea was a town that the Apostle Paul traveled to in his second missionary journey. If you recall, Paul's second missionary journey actually began towards the end of Acts chapter 15 after parting ways with Barnabas because they had a disagreement over John Mark. The scripture says that Paul took another disciple named Silas and they traveled back to places like Derby and, and Lystra and Iconium and they made their way through Pisidian Antioch until eventually, eventually they were led by the Holy Spirit into Europe. Eventually, the Apostle Paul is blessed to preach the gospel in Europe for the very first time. He's able to preach in prominent Macedonian cities like Philippi and Thessalonica. In fact, while in both of those cities, if you remember, the Apostle Paul experienced some, some problems. He experienced some serious, serious problems. Remember, in Philippi, he was locked up in prison and he survived an earthquake. And then in Thessalonica, he experienced persecution that was so severe that he was forced to leave the city. He was actually forced to flee from the city of Thessalonica. And eventually he ended up in this town called Berea. You see, Berea was nothing like the cities of Philippi and Thessalonica. Unlike Philippi and Thessalonica, Berea was not a, a thriving metropolis. Instead, it was a small town off a beaten path. It was not a very spectacular place at all. But notice how Luke tells us that while the Apostle Paul was there, well, he met some spectacular people. He met some very noble-minded people. He met some people who has such a deep love and respect and appreciation for the word of God, that that is the main thing they are known for to this day. And the question is, the question is, is how can we be like them? How can we be viewed by God in the very same way? What do we need to do today to become like the people the Apostle Paul encountered in Berea on his second missionary journey. Well, I want to suggest that if we're going to be like the people in Berea, there are at least three things we're going to have to do. And the first thing we're going to have to do is we're going to have to have a high regard for the scriptures. We're going to have to have a high regard for the scriptures. We're going to have to have a high regard for all of the scriptures all of the New Testament scriptures and all of the Old Testament scriptures. In fact, it is the Old Testament scriptures that are primarily what are under consideration here in Acts chapter 17. Going back to Acts chapter 17 again, I want you to notice how when the Apostle Paul arrived in the city of Berea, Luke, the writer of Acts, tells us that he followed his normal pattern of evangelism. What was Paul's normal pattern for evangelism? Well, remember what he said in Romans 1 and verse 16. Remember in Romans 1 and verse 16, the Apostle Paul says that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and then also to the Greek. We find the Apostle Paul doing exactly what that verse says in Acts 17 and verse number 1. 
In Acts 17 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Now when they, this is talking about Paul and Silas, after they left Philippi, where they had traveled through Amphipolos and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews, and according, watch this, according to Paul's custom, that is, according to Paul's normal pattern or method for evangelism, he went to them, and for three Sabbaths, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining, giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, this Jesus whom I'm proclaiming to you is the Christ. He does that same thing in Berea. After leaving Thessalonica in verse number 10, in verse number 10, it says, the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Notice how as Paul went from place to place, as he went from town to town and city to city, he did the same thing when it came to evangelism. The first thing he did as he went to a new city, when he entered a city, is he found, he found a synagogue. He found a Jewish synagogue. He went into the Jewish synagogue to preach the gospel to the Jews. Whenever Paul entered a new city, he always preached the gospel first to the Jews. He gave them the gospel first because, well, they were God's people under the old covenant. They were God's people under the old covenant. As God's people under the old covenant, that meant they knew God. They knew God's nature. They knew God's love, God's grace, God's judgment. They knew God's promises. They knew God's word. They knew the, the word of God. In fact, it is the word of God that they have come together to consider in the synagogue in the city of Berea. You see, in Berea... When the Bible uses the word scripture in verse 11, when you see that word scripture in verse 11, please understand that's talking about something very specific. That's talking about something very precise and very sacred. It's not talking about the writings of Plato or Josephus or the writings of the well-known rabbis of that day. Instead, it's talking about the writings that come from God. It's talking about the writings that are sacred, the writings that came directly from the Holy Spirit and was revealed to the prophets. It's talking about the same writings that Jesus talks about in Luke chapter 24. Go in your Bible to Luke chapter 24. We're going to come back to Acts 17. But in Luke 24, after Jesus was raised from the dead, he started appearing all over the place. Here in Luke 24, in verse number 44, when he's talking to his apostles, in verse number 44, it says, Now he said to them, These are my words, which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things that are written about me and the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them thus it is written that the christ would suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day notice what jesus tells us notice what jesus tells us constituted the scriptures at this time 
Notice how at this time, Jesus says the writings that were recognized as scripture were the first five books of the Bible, the writings of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. It is the Old Testament canon, the same Old Testament canon that we have in front of us today. You see, when the Apostle Paul went into the synagogue in Berea, we need to understand that he wasn't explaining to them the books of 1st and 2nd Corinthians. There was no book of 1st and 2nd Corinthians yet. He wasn't explaining to them the book of Acts. He wasn't explaining to them Philippians, Philippians and Colossians and Philemon and, and the book of Galatians and Romans and Hebrews and the Gospels and the book of Revelation. He wasn't even explaining to them the books of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. The books of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians are generally believed to be the first books that were written by the Apostle Paul. And even those books are not going to be written until sometime after Acts 17. You see, when the Apostle Paul went in among the Bereans, we need to understand that there were no New Testament scriptures yet like we have today. Instead, what Paul explained to these people were the scriptures that they had available to them at that time. He explained to them the Old Testament scriptures. He explained to them the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms and how Jesus is the fulfillment of all of those things. That is what brought the Bereans to faith in Christ. That is what they were eagerly receiving. That is what they were passionate about and zealous about and excited about on this occasion. And here's the question for us. The question is, are we just as excited about that today? The question is, how do we view the same scriptures that they were studying on this occasion? How do we view the Old Testament scriptures? How do we view the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms? I mean, do we highly value those writings? Do we get excited about those writings? Do we get passionate about those writings? Or do we view that section of the Bible as, you know, it may be inspired by God. It may come from God. It may have been revealed by the Holy Spirit. But, you know, it's not really necessary for us to understand today. It's not really necessary for us to, to read and, and comprehend and ponder on today. It's not really necessary for us to, to examine with great eagerness because we're New Testament Christians. I mean, is that how we view the Old Testament scriptures? If so, then you know what we need to do? We need to look at what the New Testament says about the Old Testament. We need to look at what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, Paul says all scripture. Now, when Paul says all scripture here, he really means it. He means all scripture. He means from Genesis to Revelation, the whole thing. All scripture is inspired by God and all of it is profitable. All of it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the man of God or woman of God may be adequate, perfect, mature, equipped for every good work. If you want to be everything God has called you to be in your life, then you got to get all the scriptures. You got to get everything God says in his Bible. You put that with what Paul says in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. 
And in Romans 15 and verse 4, Paul says, for whatever written, whatever was written in earlier times, when he says earlier times there, he's talking about the Old Testament. He's talking about the Old Testament scriptures. And he says whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. So that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Notice what the Apostle Paul is saying there. Do you see what he is saying about all of the scriptures? You see what he's saying about the Old Testament scriptures? You see how Paul is saying there that the Old Testament scriptures are just as valuable to us as they were for the people in Berea. You see, like in the case of the people of Berea, today, even today, by studying the Old Testament, we learn so many important things that God wants us to know. We learn so many important things that are necessary for our instruction and for our perseverance and for our encouragement and to build up our faith and hope in Jesus Christ. For example, by studying the Old Testament, we learn the truth about sin and the awful spiritual consequences of sin. We learn the truth about God. We learn the truth about God's power and God's love and God's grace and how God brings judgment against sin. We especially, by studying the Old Testament, learn the truth about God's plan to save us from our sins through his son, Jesus Christ. And like we even found out in our past gospel meeting with Brother Jordan Shouts, when we studied the Old Testament, we learned so many wonderful lessons about people like Joseph and Moses and Abraham and Noah and David and Sarah and Rahab and Hezekiah. We learn how all of these people they live lives to the glory of God. They serve God with every fiber of their being. And we can do the same thing today. You see, if we're going to be like the people in Berea, if we're really going to be like those people, then we can't just have high regard for one section of the Bible. We can't just have high regard for the Gospels and for the book of Acts and the epistles. And the book of Revelation, we can't just devote our time to studying the portion of the Bible that contains God's law for us. Instead, if we're going to be like the Bereans, we got to study. We got to study all the Bible. We got to study the book of Genesis. And Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. And we got to study Joshua and Judges. And we got to study the books of Samuel and the Kings and the Chronicles. And we got to study the prophets and the Psalms and the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and even that book that's called the Song of Solomon. We got to understand that all of it, all of it comes from God. All of it points to Jesus Christ. All of it can help us get a better understanding of who Jesus is and how we can please him at the highest level in our lives. If we're going to be like the Bereans, we got to have a high regard for all of the scriptures. But not only must we have a high regard for all of the scriptures, secondly, we also got to search the scriptures. You got to search the scriptures. We got to search the scriptures, and we can't just take a preacher's word for it. Go in your Bible back to Acts 17, please. In Acts 17... And we look back at verse number 11 after the Bible says that Paul went into the synagogue in Berea. In verse 11, it says, now these, these people in Berea, 
were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. Remember, Paul was persecuted in Thessalonica. For they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether those things were so. I want you to notice how as the people Maria had an inspired apostle, as they had an, an inspired apostle among them preaching the gospel, they didn't just sit there and listen. They didn't just sit there and nod their heads and say amen. They didn't just take his word for it. Instead, they pulled out a scroll. They pulled out a Bible. They opened the Bible, searched the Bible, examined the Bible themselves to make sure Paul was teaching them the truth. They used their intelligence and the reasoning abilities God had given them to verify the information that was being preached by Paul. And if they were willing to do that and all they had was the Old Testament, how much more willing should we be to do the same? And we got the whole thing. We got the complete Bible. We got all of God's will. How much more should we be serious and diligent students of the word of God? And we got all 66 books. How much more serious should we be willing to search the scriptures daily by doing daily Bible reading? And by preparing for Bible classes and by studying the Bible daily with our spouse and with our kids and by always listening carefully and following along and making proper application from the Bible whenever it is taught from this pulpit. And making sure that we have a genuine and authentic faith because we're able to back up the things that we believe and practice with a clear book, chapter, and verse. Many of you know, many of you know that a couple of years ago, my grandfather who raised me in East Texas, he passed away. You know that, right? Many of you know that. He passed away in April of 2020. He was 84 years old. And while I loved him immensely and would do anything for him and appreciate so much all he did for me, we never agreed on religion. We never agreed on religious matters. We never were part of the same church. We hardly ever went to church together. We never agreed on the work of the church, the worship of the church. We didn't even agree on what a person must do to be saved and have their sins washed away by the blood of Jesus. We never agreed on that. In fact, I can remember a conversation we had not long before he passed away. It was a few weeks before he had passed away. We were sitting in his bedroom, and I asked him again, maybe for the 30th or 40th time, I said, Dad, what did you do to be saved? What did you do to have your, your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus? Can you tell me that again? And you know what he said to me? He said, I believed in Jesus. 
He says, I believe in Jesus and I accepted him into my heart as my personal savior. I then said to him, well, dad, what about all of these passages that we've gone over that talk about baptism and how it's necessary for salvation? Passages like Mark 16, 16, Acts 2, 38, 1 Peter 3, 21, Romans 6, Galatians 3, 27. You know the verses. I said, dad, what about all those verses that talk about baptism? And you know what he said? He said, I need to check with my preacher again about that. He said, I never heard my preacher, my reverend, preach about baptism being necessary for salvation. And I don't feel comfortable doing that until we have some more conversations. He said he wanted to have more conversations with his reverend before he decided whether or not he wanted to be baptized. And while they may have had those conversations, I don't know if they did or did not. I do know that, unfortunately, he was never baptized. He was never baptized for the Bible reason. He was never baptized for the remission of his sins. He decided to put more trust in the words of his preacher than the word of God. And that breaks my heart to this day, every single day. He put his trust in the preacher and not the scriptures. But notice how the Bereans, they, they were not going to do that, right? The Bereans had an apostle among them, an apostle. And they were not willing to trust just what the apostle had to say. They were not willing to put more trust in the apostle than the Bible. While they may have respected the apostle and loved the apostle and appreciated the apostle, they were not just willing to accept anything that the apostle taught if it wasn't backed up with clear scripture. They developed their own faith by studying and searching the scriptures for themselves. And if we're going to be like them, guess what? We got to do the same thing today. If we're going to be like the people in Berea, we got to have a high regard for all the scriptures. And we got to search the scriptures so we can develop our own faith in Jesus Christ. But then third and finally, let me close with this. We also got to be converted by the scriptures. Got to be converted by the scriptures. Go back to Acts 17 one more time, please. Again, verse 11, verse 11. These were more noble minded. And those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Verse 12, therefore, many of them believed, along with a number of prominent Greek women and men. A couple of things I want you to notice from verse number 12 before we go into our invitation. First, notice how in addition to studying the scriptures and searching the scriptures, and examining the scriptures, many of these Jewish Bereans also believed the scriptures. They obeyed the scriptures. They were converted by the scriptures and they became disciples of Jesus Christ. In fact, in addition to the Jewish Bereans becoming disciples, notice how verse 12 tells us that some prominent Greek men and women, they also did the same thing. They also became disciples. That word Greek that is used there in that verse is a reference to people like us. It is a reference to Gentiles. It is a reference to people who were not Jewish. It is a reference to people who were in the synagogue on these days, probably sitting in the very back of the synagogue, and they came from the other nations. 
Some Gentiles also became Christians on this occasion. And you know what that shows us? That shows us that in Berea, the walls of racism that separated the Jews and the Gentiles, they were being torn down. They were being abolished. Both groups, both groups of people were becoming one in the spiritual body of Jesus Christ. There were a lot of people being converted in the city of Berea. But the question is, what about us? What about me? And what about you? In addition to doing daily Bible reading and coming to Bible classes and gospel meetings and listening to podcasts and online, online sermons and getting smarter and filling our minds up with a bunch of Bible trivia and Bible facts, are we also being changed by the Bible? Are we also being molded? and shaped and transformed by the Bible? Are we also applying the things we learned from the Bible into our daily lives? Are we applying the things from this book to our marriages and to our parenting and to our worship and to our treatment of other people and to our priorities? and to our tempers, and to our patience, and to our thinking, and to our pride, and to the things that we even choose to entertain ourselves with on a daily basis. I'm asking you those questions because the people in Berea teach us that it's not enough just to study the Bible. It's not enough just to read the Bible and examine the Bible and search the Bible. It's not enough to just be excited and passionate about the Bible. No, we also got to believe the Bible. We got to do what the Bible says. We got to act on it, obey it, allow it to mold us and shape us and help us become more like Jesus Christ. What I just want you to see is the people in Berea. They had an apostle come in among them, not just a preacher. They had an apostle come in among them and he came among them preaching the gospel and they had a high regard for the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures that he preached from. And they searched those scriptures and they believed those scriptures and they obeyed those scriptures once they realized all those scriptures were pointing to Jesus Christ. In fact, if I were to sum up this morning, what made these people so much more noble than the people in Thessalonica? I would just sum it up like this. I would just sum it up by saying that they were more noble than the people in Thessalonica because of their attitude. Because of their attitude towards the Bible. Because of their attitude towards the word of God. Because they had a sincere desire to not just understand the word of God, but obey the word of God. So they can please God in their daily lives. The people in Berea, they loved. They love the scriptures, and maybe there's someone here this morning. Maybe there's somebody here this morning, and you need to follow in their sandals. You need to follow in their footsteps. You know the Bible. You know what God wants you to do, but it's time for you to do what verse number 12 says and become a true believer. Act on the Bible. Obey the Bible. Become a Christian by having faith in Christ, repenting of your sins, and being baptized. For the forgiveness of your sins. So there's someone here this morning who needs to go beyond just believing the Bible, but also obeying the Bible. They come to the front right now. Let's stand and let's sing together.